Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us, to learn about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the holy and anointed Lamb of God, the light of the world, the Savior of mankind. We hope that you will enjoy this Bible study lesson from our pastor, Jeremy Visser. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or call us at 678-692-8870 for a chance to be answered on the air. You can also write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We love receiving mail from all over the globe and appreciate your prayers, requests, and letters. We look forward to hearing from you, and we pray that these messages of truth touch your lives. If you have been moved by these biblical teachings, please visit our forums online at covenantpeoplesministry.org and sign up to follow us on our YouTube channel, Covenant People. If you would like to make a free will tithe or offering to this ministry, you can do so through the church's U.S. post office address or by our PayPal and email address cpm at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply use our donate button on the ministries about section of the cpm website thank you for joining us for another cpm broadcast and now here is our pastor jeremy visser with our next bible study hello again friends and faithful listeners and thank you for joining me pastor visser as we take a look at some of the highlights from the book of Malachi. And if you've been with this ministry, you probably know that this month I've released four sermons that are an hour long each covering this entire book of Malachi. But today we're going to do something a little different. Because within these four chapters of the book of the minor prophet Malachi, There are many racial themes to be found. And we're going to look at some of the highlights, some of the stronger points that Malachi brings forth because Malachi as a book bridges the gap between the Testaments. And Malachi was written about four to five hundred BC. Meaning that all our Israelite kin between the time of Malachi and the times of the Gospels the Nativity, and John the Baptist coming in the spirit of Elijah, struggled with many of these themes. But in looking at these today, in light of modern politics and the modern situation that we find ourselves in, you should be able to see that the one thing that has not changed from the book of Malachi is its racial theme. Now, modern Christendom will come in and say God is not a respecter of persons. And ironically, they have no problem saying that God respects the Jews, and they are the apple of his eye. And for that cause, the first verse we should analyze is found in Malachi chapter 1, but verse 2, where we learn. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Question, saith Yahweh. Yet I love Jacob and hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. 
Now, what is interesting about this particular statement is the fact that it was quoted by Paul in Romans chapter 9, verse 13. Bringing this teaching of God, despising and hating Esau, but choosing Jacob, who of course is the father or the patriarch of the twelve tribes, into the New Testament. And try as they will, they love saying that this teaching is spiritual now under the New Testament because Paul quoted it. But what Paul is giving in Romans chapter 9 is validity to the first chapter of Malachi. So understand this. Esau was Jacob's brother. In fact, they were twins. And Esau was several minutes older than Jacob. And Jacob means he'll catch her or surplant her. Meaning that in the womb even, Jacob was holding on to the heel of Esau. And Jacob, of course, you know the story, contended for the birthright. He wrestled an angel until the breaking of the dawn to obtain that blessing. Jacob considered the blessing or the birthright to be what? Very beneficial. He loved the birthright, but Esau despised his. And he traded his birthright for a mess of pottage. But what we need to understand is this is a New Testament teaching. And why does it begin right here at the very beginning of the book of Malachi? It begins because as we go through this, you should be able to see that God begins by saying, I love the Israelites, but I hate the Edomites. In fact, verse 4 confirms that. Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Meaning that the Edomites would rebuild the temple of Jerusalem. And ultimately, as opposed to the Levitical priest, like Malachi was, sit in Moses' seat. Remember, men will come in and say, oh, well, you got to accept Catholic tradition. But Yahweh, in flesh form, said, you make null the Word of God with your traditions. That the traditions of men... Make null the word of God. So understand this point. Malachi as a book straightforwardly proves that there were imposter tares known as Edomites going by the title of priests. And in this book there are six disputes brought by Yahweh God. And he says that he will nationally curse the Israelites because we would rather listen to false priests. So that point is very, very important. Because when Yahweh God says at the end of this book that He will send you the spirit of Elijah before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahweh, that wasn't spoken for the Edomites. Verse 4 that we just quoted at the end of it confirms the Edomite are what? The border of wickedness and the people against whom Yahweh has indignation forever. So while your Judeo-Christian comes in and says God is not a respecter of persons, well, it appears to me in the very first chapter of Malachi, coming out the gate, that Yahweh God had respect unto Jacob, but indignation or hatred towards Esau Edom and his Edomite tear progeny. Another verse that we should notice is in chapter 1, but it's verse 14, where Yahweh God straightforwardly says, Cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth 
and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. Now that, if you will, is the theme of Malachi and the six disputes that Yahweh God brings against the lying priests. One of them is that. They were deceivers. And if you think for a moment that we still do not have deceivers calling good evil and evil good, calling the Edomites the chosen of God, but not the Jacobites or the Israelites, you're deceived. Because that, if you will, is Judeo-Christianism in a nutshell. And one of the disputes Yahweh God had against the priests is that they would call evil good and good evil. And surely, we live in that era today. Chapter 2 in Malachi, on the other hand, Yahweh begins by commanding the priests. Notice, chapter 2, verse 1, Now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. So what we're going to look at here is a commandment given to the priests. And time and time again, we look to these priests, pastors, reverends, and theologians to lead us into truth. But I assure you, there are deceivers out there that know that they are deceiving and will do everything they can do to keep you from the simplicity of God's Word. What is the commandment that was given by Yahweh to the priests? It's found in Malachi chapter 2, verse 2. If ye will not hear... And if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith Yahweh of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. What is the it that he's talking about? His name. So let me ask you, because this commandment is against the priests, how many pastors do you know that even had the intestinal fortitude to mention the name of Yahweh or Yahshua. Well, that, my friend, is usually reserved for Christian identity alone. And we have shows like Yahweh's Truth, where we meet every week or two, and we discuss current events in light of biblical prophecy. In light of the fact that the Edomites became modern Jewry and the Jews themselves admit it, it does not stop the fact that Judeo-Christians will come in and say the Edomite, the Jew, are God's chosen people. Isn't it educational to know that God comes against the priests, He gives them a commandment, He says you're being a respecter of persons, right? And then He gives a commandment to the priests. And in verse 6 of chapter 2, we learn, The law of truth was not in His mouth. Who? The priest. The law of truth. So while in our free time we can read the second chapter of Peter's second epistle where he says that there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, we can learn from Malachi chapter 2 verse 6 that there were false prophets before Christ came, 500 years. Therefore, it should make sense as to why Yahshua says about the Pharisees, they make null the Word of God through their tradition. Because that's exactly what Malachi is dealing with here. The traditions of men. And man has a way of making a tradition out of these things that should be taken very seriously. Like the name of God. Like not deceiving. Like not offering corrupted sacrifices or offerings. And there's many ways of doing that. Because you're 
average person will come in and say, well, that has no application to my life today. Because we're dealing with sin offerings, right? Burnt offerings that were given in the high temple of Jerusalem. But yet we are called to make a sacrifice and an offering time and time again. And this month more than ever has been probably one of the hardest on the Covenant People's Church. And that's another way we can make a sacrifice, right? Through tithes and offerings. Another way is to actually be a servant, which Christ was. He was a servant to His people Israel. He proved this in washing the feet of His disciples. That everything Yahshua did was a move made in love. And He laid down His life willfully for one and all time. Now, your modern preacher could come in and say, well, if Christ became the ultimate sacrifice, then the book of Malachi is obsolete. Because we don't offer burnt offerings anymore. (laughs) But that being beside the point, back here in Malachi chapter 2, verse 6, the law of truth was not in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. Who? The Levitical priests. Not the Judeans. Not the Edomites. Malachi was a Levitical priest. And the theme of Malachi is these are imposter priests. These are false prophets. They come in call evil good. But they don't esteem the name of Yahweh. And what happens? Yahweh God pours out a curse every single time. And so isn't it weird how we are nationally cursed as a people? We have been lost to our identity, truly being lost sheep. And it is because of the priests. The priests that cause us to err. The priests. That verse 7 here in Malachi chapter 2 reminds us, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of Yahweh of hosts. Who? The priest. A priest is the messenger of Yahweh. He is meant to orate the word of God for the Israelites. But the priests in Malachi's time weren't keeping knowledge, were they? And they weren't seeking the law. They most assuredly weren't going back to the book of Leviticus, which Malachi says they should have, to see what God commanded pertaining to sacrifices. Very important to understand. Because at the end of chapter 2, we learn in verse 17, Ye have wearied Yahweh with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied Him? When ye say, Everyone that does evil is good in the sight of Yahweh, and He delights in them. Or, where is the God of judgment? Either way, you want to weary God, there's a way of doing that. Come in and say, where's the God of judgment? I'm free to do what I want. Why doesn't He send a lightning bolt, right? Or, you can come in and call evil good and good evil. And that's what priests do today. In fact, the reality of it is if you were to teach the Bible the way it is transcribed, If you were to actually walk into a 501c3 tax-exempt bail pit and tell them that God hated Esau, that Paul reiterates that in Romans chapter 9, they would probably exile you from their company. They would probably call you a bigot. And they would really start to show you how much Christ they know and how much Christ they have. Why? Because they listen to priests that call evil good Edomites and good evil Christian identity. 
Do you really believe that there is anything new under the sun? Because I assure you there is not. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And Yahweh, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith Yahweh of hosts. What's that mean? That means Yahshua would come to rebuke these priests. And he most assuredly did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, it was the same man-pleasing priests or Pharisees who marveled every time Yahshua would dine with sinners and publicans. And here Malachi is saying it was because of the priests. Because they were lying and calling good evil. So I assure you, Christianity today as we know it within the Judeo-Christian churches is technically Satanism. They call good evil and evil good. And if you think for a moment that Yahshua is not going to reiterate that He came only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, or if you're on the other end of the token and listen to false prophets who say that Yahshua gave extensive prophecies and parables pertaining to non-whites, like the goats... (laughs) You're simply misled, my friend. This book is written for Israel, about Israel, and deals with Israel's judgment. Those goats that Yahshua casts away from him cannot be non-whites because in inferring that, you're saying there's non-whites within the kingdom. The great and terrible day of the Lord. If they're not burned up as the rudiment they are, how exactly are non-whites the goats in Yahshua's parable? They're not. The goats, as per Yahweh's law, represent Israel as well. However, Israelites in rebellion or apostasy, look it up. It's called a scapegoat. God promises to send His messenger, and His messenger was Yahshua. And the messenger that came before Yahshua in the spirit of Elijah was who? John the Baptist. What did John do? Baptize for the remission of sin in the river Jordan. Isn't it ironic that a majority of people that want to write non-whites into the parables of Yahshua to turn him into a universalist usually always deny baptism for the remission of sins? After all, it was only Peter in the book of Acts who says, Repent and be baptized. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's why. They don't want you to have the gift of the Holy Spirit because then they can't call evil good and good evil. But... More on that later. In chapter 3, there's another verse that I feel needs repeating, and that's found in verse 5. Yahweh says this, I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in wages, the widow, the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger and fear not me saith Yahweh of hosts. Very important key to understand because these are the priests. God promises He'll come near to you, the Israelites, you and I, for judgment and will be a swift witness against them. Can there be any greater a witness against the wicked than Yahweh God Himself who will testify? But notice the behaviors, the false swears, Those that call evil good and good evil. Those that come in and say the Edomite Jew are God's chosen people when that's nowhere to be found within Scripture. I've even heard this week, the original Christians were all Jews. Wrong. 
They were Israelites. Paul says the Jew is contrary to all men. Please not God murdered the prophets. Meaning, if you believe the Jews are God's chosen, you're not a man at all. You're not an Adamite, you're not an Israelite, and you most assuredly are not a man of Yahweh. Period. If the Jew is contrary to all men, and you're coming in and saying Christ is a Jew. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel, and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Or give us a call at 678-692-8870. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is an all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. But consider this, God doesn't change. And modern Christendom banks on your belief that God somehow or another will change. Right after, he says in verse 5, that he will come near to judgment and be a swift witness against the very priest that this book is written against. He says in verse 6, I am Yahweh, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You people of Israel, the Israelites aren't consumed. Why? Because God can't change. God can't change, then it is a safe bet that the things He holds as an abomination in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, He still holds as an abomination today. And isn't it ironic that all those sins that are committed unto death under the Mosaic Law are the same exact people that committed them outside the gate of the kingdom in the book of Revelation. Whosoever loveth and maketh a lie whoremongers, adulterers, right? Same exact people. God does not change. And He doesn't change so we, as the sons of Jacob, will not be consumed by who? In context, the Edomite priests. Or priests that come in and say that God loves Esau, but hated Jacob. And if you think they don't still do this, you've got another thing coming, my friend. Truly do. Chapter 3, verse 14. Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we've kept His ordinance and that we've walked mournfully before Yahweh of hosts? Mournfully, in lamentation, with a sorrowful heart. Remember, Yahweh God is near to him of a contrite spirit. It's not near to the egotist, the man who's lifted up, or the man who says it's vain to serve God. We learn this in Judeo-Christendom. They tell you, oh, you don't need to follow the law. And if you follow the law and you fail, well, you're guilty of it all, right? As if that means you shouldn't follow the law. 
Christ said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, that it is a sin to even think that the law is done away with. Period. Don't even think it. Christ didn't teach it. Christ didn't say the law is done away with. In fact, He even expands upon that. And says, the least in the kingdom is the one who's saying that the least of these laws is done away with. So, what we have out there in Judeo-Christendom is antinomianism. It's not sola scriptura. They come in and they say, hey, the law is the offense. Christ came so you can be a faggot. You can be an adulterer. You can go out and you can re-crucify Him anew over and over and over. And why? Because the Edomite priest Terror is going to come in and tell you it's okay. But is it okay? God does not change, my friend. We change. Understand that point? The things that were considered abominable 20 years are now considered politically incorrect to even preach against. You think because we have changed, because we have slipped further into apostasy that God somehow or another will as well? No. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Because of this, because God does not change. Bottom line is this. You're better off putting more faith in the Word of God than the words of the lying priests. Why? Because a false prophet's going to come in and say it's vain to serve God. And why should we actually walk mournfully or respectfully regarding His sacred name? It's only the first commandment, right? What we learn out there in the world as far as Judeo-Christendom is concerned has no resemblance to the Christianity of the Bible has no resemblance to what Christ came to bring. But it has every resemblance to the priests of Malachi's time and the Pharisees of Yahshua's time. Oh, they think they're better. In fact, you'll hear many a papist say every Protestant's a heretic who's going to burn in hell. Right? Some things simply will not change. And if you don't believe me, read the next verse here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 15. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Is that not what the Edomite terror is espousing today? Oh, you can be a fag, it's alright, you're accepted of Yahweh God, but don't you dare be a racist. After all, God doesn't respect people. (laughs) God only has respect to one nation, Jacob. He hates Esau. You think he respects Esau? In context, what we're reading right here is that the priests come in and say, you know what, even they that tempt Yahweh God. Those that deny His only begotten Son. Those that deny the very messenger of the covenant. Well, they're accepted, aren't they? Well, that's what they teach. Now, we, we, the people, we call the proud happy. We say that they that tempt God are even delivered from the wrath of Yahweh. Not true. Not scriptural. Obadiah, the first chapter, most assuredly, verse 18 says that every Edomite will be burnt up like rubble. Burnt up in the brightness of the day of the Lord. Therefore, the Edomite can't be the goat, nor can the non-white, because that happens before the great white throne judgment. You think for a moment there's not universalists going by my title of Christian identity and doing everything they can do to try to prove that Yahshua spent a lot of time dealing with all these non-whites when He Himself said He came only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, then you're already deceived. 
And Malachi says what? Cursed be the deceiver. I assure you, if we, as the Israelite men, women, and children, were exercising God's law, half of the idiots out there claiming Christian identity would not be breathing. Not be breathing because they turned God into a lie. They say it's vain to be baptized. They say it's vain to acknowledge the name of Yahweh. And Yahweh straightforwardly says that the priests will do that. They're lying priests. And they're cursed. It is this very same book where Yahweh promises to the lying priests that He will turn their blessings into cursings. Verse 16. Then they that feared Yahweh spake often one to another. And Yahweh hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared Yahweh and that thought upon His name. This word fear in the Hebrew really means to revere or to reverence, to hold in high esteem. If we hold Yahweh's name in high esteem, if we think upon that sacred name, then we will be written in the book of what? Remembrance. And in my series, I proved how this ties into the very last chapter of Revelation, where we're told, if any man adds to the words of this book, or if any man take away, so also will his name be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. It is the same book of remembrance. How can I prove that? Well, Yahweh heard it, right? Verse 16 confirms that. And a book of remembrance was written before him, but for them. For us. For you and I. Not for Yahweh God. Yahweh God knows his own. Christ said, My sheep hear my voice and will follow. Moreover, the voice of a stranger. An ethnos, a non-white, will they not hear. <laughs> and that's the beauty of these false prophets in Christian identity. They come in and say, Oh, Yahshua taught these extensive parables about how the goats are blacks and Mexicans. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The book is written for you and I. Fear His name. Fear His word. And put everything in context. Verse 18. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. Then shall ye return. When? When Messiah makes up his jewels. That's in verse 17. But verse 18 says, without Yahshua we can't. And only when he returns at his second advent during the regathering of Israel, then we, the Israelites, will return. Then we'll truly be able to discern between the righteous and the wicked. And between him that serves God and him that serveth him not. Don't you understand that in modern Judeo-Christendom they basically say they that don't serve God are better off than they that do. On every regard. In fact, they believe the law is the offense. Therefore, they teach their flock to go out and break the law of God. And the irony of that is that the biblical definition of sin is what? A transgression of God's law. Matthew chapter 5. I already quoted it today. Christ says, don't even think the law is done away with. Till heaven and earth pass. Not one jot, nor one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law. Has heaven and earth passed? Is this round earth still spinning on its axes? I believe it is. Therefore, God will not change, and we will not be consumed if we revere His name. If 
We fear Him. But the way of the world is to not fear God. And I assure you, if we did fear God and esteem Him, a majority of what they call good down here in 2016 would be killed in the street for their hypocrisy and for their sins against the ever-living Father. So don't forget that aspect. In chapter 4, there is an extension of chapter 3. The Latin Vulgate breaks this off, the Masoretic text. Therefore, we have chapter 4, and chapter 4, verse 2 says this. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Who? Israelites. Israelites equate to what? Cattle. And I'm sorry people don't like hearing that, but goy in the Scripture means what? Nations. That's all it means. The Jew has a different interpretation of that. They love coming in and saying we're all cattle. And in a lot of ways we are. But we're more like sheeple. And sheep follow whatever it be. Whether it's a scapegoat or whether it be another shepherd. We are so easily misled by our priests. It shouldn't be surprising that Yahshua had to come and John had to come and deal with much persecution from the same exact people for teaching what? Teaching the law verbatim. And isn't it funny how Judeo-Christians come in and say, well, Yahshua did away with the law when he actually railed against the Pharisees for them not following the law. If they'd have been following the law, they wouldn't have marveled when Christ sat with sinners, prostitutes, and publicans, would they? They would have known they were called to go to those types of people. But what had the Edomite Pharisee done? Well, number one, they claim to be Judeans, which they're not. They're Edomites. They're Canaanites. They're a mixed breed bastard. And number two, they claim to say that Yahshua did away with what it was he taught. So, what modern Christendom espouses doesn't even resemble the Scripture. Notice, unto you that fear my name, not unto the world, not unto them like we just learned, say that His name means nothing, but unto us, the Israelites that fear the name of Yahweh, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings. Not its wings, but His wings. This is Yahshua. And Yahshua is equated to the Son. Now let me ask you, does the sun revolve around you? Or do you revolve around the sun? Does the sun rely on us? Or do we rely upon the sun? Very important question. Because there is much deception out there. And the flat earth theory wants you to believe that somehow or another the sun of righteousness revolves around us. When in reality, we on this round earth revolve around the sun of righteousness. And if the Son of Righteousness didn't rise every single morning with healing in His wings, how much food would you have the following month? <laughs> how much money would you make? How long would it be before you froze to death and died? The Son of Righteousness. This is Jesus Christ. And chapter 4 has many keys. But one of the most important is found in verse 4. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and the judgments. Number one, who was the law of Moses given to? All Israel, not the entire world, but only the Israelites. 
Therefore, goats cannot be judged by God according to the law of God if they're non-whites. They have to be Israelites. Keep it in context. Also notice that through all of this, Yahweh has problem with the priests. He says, you're lying, you're stealing, you're withholding the wages from the worker, you're oppressing the widows, you're oppressing the orphans. And then he says what? Remember the law of Moses, my servant. Point two. Is the law done away with? No. In fact, the word even differentiates statutes and judgment here. Commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and the judgments. Why is that? Because the judgments will not be disannulled. Yahweh God does not change. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, or the Israelites are not consumed, but the statutes are the blood rituals pertaining to sin offerings that these very priests and the Pharisees in Yahshua's time were corrupting and being a respecter of people. So, very important to understand. Finally, the last two verses in the entire book of Malachi. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahweh. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Meaning that if John the Baptist didn't come to make straight the way for Yahshua, God would have cursed the earth. Period. It would have been the end 2,000 years ago. Very important to understand. And also notice the wording here. He, Elijah the prophet, will turn what? The heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. We simply live in an era where we have no respect for the ways of our forefathers. Very few of us follow the fifth commandment, which is the only command of Yahweh God with promise, and that is to honor the ways of your mother and father. You have to honor the ways of our forefathers. It is commanded within the law. Disturb not the ancient landmark. But as man reinvents the world and reinvents morality in that process, they reinvent God. And they say, that is our God. This God says it's vain to serve Him. And what profit is it that we keep His ordinance? What profit is it? Well, you can deliver your own soul from hell if you do. Or you can continue in habitual sin if you violate that law. So, very important. Several keys were provided here within Malachi. And the most important is that it begins on the note that Paul quoted. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Why did God hate Esau? Many reasons. One was he despised the birthright. The second would be he went and married non-Israelite women and became a bastard in the process. His children, his offspring. Number three would be they sit in Moses' seat. They profess to be Judeans, but they're not. And Revelation chapter 2, 9 and 3, 9 say, what do they say? I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews, but are not, and do lie, but are of the synagogue of Satan. So, do you understand, once again, why Christ had to rebuke the Pharisees, and oftentimes the Sadducees, in His time? Because they were listening to false prophets then, just like now. And the bigger irony is, at least the Pharisees understood racial purity. 
at least they kept to themselves. In fact, the very word Pharisaeos in the Greek means a separatist. They at least understood they needed to be separate to be holy, to be righteous. Now, like cells wallowing in the mud and dogs returning to vomit, we are so miscegenated and so diversely mixed up that I assure you, only the sons of Jacob that fear the name of Yahweh will not be consumed. Only them. So, out of Israel, only a remnant is saved. Beware of them that say all Israel saved. Yes, that's taught in the Bible, but not every white person's an Israelite. It's really easy to understand. You think a pedophile, rapist, murderer's an Israelite? Absolutely not. Or he wouldn't engage in that. Doesn't the Bible say that? Indeed, it does. Whosoever is born of God does not sin and his what? Seed remains within him. So, I hope that this study has edified you. And if you are able to, please, my friends and listeners, please send some support to this ministry. Until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org, and share your Christian testimonies, or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible study lessons and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website. If you would like to write to us, send your comments and queries to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205, or reach us by telephone at 678-692-8870. We thank you for your prayers and offerings. And we pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to share the words of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.